Welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast, episode 974. This is my interview with Dr. Vincent Pedre, and we're discussing how to create and maintain a happy gut. Enjoy. G'day, Dr. Vincent Pedre. Welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're uh, busy with your work, I assume. Uh, always. 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 Uh, I'm, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a as a healthpreneur, as I guess as we call ourselves, um, I feel very passionate about what I do. So, mm. you know, um, some days, yeah, it might feel like work because it's long days, but most of the time it just feels like fun. Yeah, well, it's always good if you love what you do, isn't it? Absolutely. What? Um, uh, how yeah, did you get into this health profession? Absolutely. How, how did you get um, into this oh, health what, profession? Oh, what got me into the health profession? Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, God. I mean, in, in one word, I, I, I mean, I guess two words, uh, maybe, or three words. Uh, hypochondria and to serve. And so, and, and of course, like... What do you, you mean, know, hypochondria? Uh, as a child, I was a hypochondriac. My, my dad was a big hypochondriac. Like, if he just got the little sniffle, he was already, like, covering himself up and going to the bedroom and taking a nap. And I think I learned from him. Um, I was a bit of a hypochondriac. And then I think it, it was augmented as a child because I was on so many rounds of antibiotics. I, I calculated the other day that I had been on 20-plus rounds of antibiotics as a teenager, hmm. uh, by, put on by my pediatricians for infection after infection. It was either pneumonia, throat infection, sinus infection, over and over, year after year. And it, it made me a bit of a hypochondriac because I was afraid about of being around people that were sick. But behind that, I wanted to figure out how to biohack my body. Like, why was I getting sick so often? What was, uh, what was the issue there? And that made me really curious about science and learning. And, and I just also love people and wanted to, I love helping people. So I think, you know, part, part my own selfish endeavor or my own personal health journey, mm. call it as well, uh, that really got me on this path to just continuing to explore even beyond my, my medical training as a medical doctor. Uh, but then certifying in functional medicine because I didn't find the answers I was looking for in standard Western medicine. What do you mean functional medicine? Functional medicine is basically root cause based medicine. So it's taking Western medicine, combining it with systems biology that really came from the tradition of ancient um, Chinese medicine from China, from traditional Chinese medicine. And Throwing in science there because what, what we learn in functional medicine is all science-based. It's all research. The problem is, is that the, the medical, you know, the standard medical machine takes a long time to assimilate that research and accept it. Hmm. And what functional medicine did is it went back and looked at the biochemistry of the body, looked at the, the functioning of the body at the biochemical level. Uh, and to understand what is needed in order to create health. So it's, it's a different perspective. I think, 
you know, sometimes people think, you know, is it this or that? And I think it's really both. It's uh, the, the best medicine is a combination of everything. It's, it's understanding when to use an antibiotic, but also understanding that an antibiotic also causes problems, even when it is life-saving for a person. And look, they've realized that here in, in New York at Memorial Sloan Kettering, they started studying fecal material transplant um, for patients that were undergoing uh, bone marrow transplant. Hmm. And what they did is an autologous transplant. So they took the stool of the patient before they went through the bone marrow transplant, which means that their immune system is going to be suppressed by really high doses of chemotherapy. They have to go on antibiotics, which are inevitably will destroy the gut flora like it did to me as a teenager. And what they found is that if they give them back their own stool after everything is said and done, that they improve survival, they reduce the risk for graft versus host disease, which is something that can happen post uh, bone marrow transplant, and they reduce the chances of infection. So it, I think we're really starting to understand that the that even with our best intentions, a lot of what Western medicine does to people that can have damaging mm. effects. And if mm. we can look at it from this perspective and have an open mind and ask the questions like, well, what else could we be doing? Or what could we be doing differently? Like whoever thought that you would take stool from a person before bone marrow transplant and then just give it back to them. And that would be a game changer and would have a statistically significant effect on how the patients do. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had um, stool medicine before? I don't know what you call it. Capsules? Uh, fecal, it's fecal. an FMT or fecal material transplant. Um, I haven't, but patients of mine have. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., it's very tricky, you know, because it's not FDA approved, yeah. except for uh, a type of infection that's called C. diff that um, often patients can get in the hospital if they're immunosuppressed, but sometimes you can mm -hmm. also see it in the community. Um, but I've had patients travel to the UK um, to get uh, fecal material transplant. And I know that the, the research is still out on that and the verdict on, on what is it useful for and how useful is it really for, for different things. Uh, but I found it was fascinating to see that, they, that even in cancer therapy, there was a role for FMTs. Mm. So you went to college to study medicine? I went to undergrad at Cornell and studied biology mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, really with a passion for, for medicine. Mm. Uh, and you've got your book that's been out for a while now, Happy Gut, with the, um, the idea that really everything starts with the gut and there's a lot of uh, information out there about this now and probably still lots to come, um, but it's quite a fascinating topic to think that if you can create a happy gut, you can really resolve many of our problems that we have in life. I think it's very true that the, the gut is a foundation for so many things that people don't realize. Uh, skin health, lung health, allergies, asthma, even headaches like migraines are all related to the health of the gut. Uh, mental clarity, uh, the way your brain functions, be affected by the health of your gut mm -hmm. and 
mental health issues like depression, anxiety can be rooted with gut health issues or imbalances in the gut microbiome. And even autoimmune disease, uh, the belief is that autoimmune disease requires three triggers or, or three, three elements to get started in the body. And one is a genetic predisposition. Two hmm. is an environmental trigger of some sort. And three is leaky gut. Yeah. Talk to us about leaky gut. I've just read about it recently, but can you explain that to us in layman's terms? Yeah, absolutely. So imagine that your gut is like a coffee filter. Uh -huh. you know, it's one cell layer thick, and it's a coffee filter that's filtering through all the nutrients that are getting broken down inside your gut. So those nutrients are the building blocks of tissue, the, uh, vitamins, minerals, all the things that we need to run all the processes in the body need to be able to get through. Now, mm -hmm. when you drink coffee from a, with, uh, through a coffee filter, say you're doing like a, a pour-over coffee at home, you don't really want to drink coffee grains, right? Mm -hmm. You just want to get the coffee-flavored water, the essence of the coffee in the hot water. Now, say I took that filter and I took a needle and I started poking my, multiple micro holes, tiny little holes, yeah. all over the filter. And now I put the coffee grains in, pour the water over. Well, what's going to happen with that coffee? Is it going to be a nice, Some of the grains clean come filter? You're going to have grains on the other side. So think of that coffee filter that I poke the holes in as your gut when it becomes leaky. It becomes more permeable, and that allows for things to get through that should not be getting through, like a short, let's say, uh, a 12-amino-acid-length protein that hasn't been fully broken down yet into its component amino acids, now it could get through. So maybe a piece of corn gets through, and your immune system is going to say, hey, I don't know what this is. This looks like a bacteria. This looks like a foreign invader. Let's create an immune attack on this. Or yeast, um, mycotoxins, uh, something called endotoxin, which is from gram-negative bacteria in the gut, more of those things that are really inflammatory for the body can mm. get through when your gut is leaky. Yeah. So that causes inflammation, which is also a source of many of our problems, isn't it? It is because 70% of your immune system lies all along the gut lining. So right. that is your kind of like your, you, it's your biggest inside outside world. It's your exposure to the outside world through what you, you eat and you drink. And as a result, if that barrier is compromised, um, you're going to ex get exposed to more things that could potentially activate your immune system. And once your gut immune system is activated, it's sending signals through your whole body and activating the entire immune system throughout the body. And that, that was part of my story is, you know, I'd been on so many antibiotics as a child that mm. I, I see now in retrospect that I had developed leaky gut as a result of multiple antibiotics and yeah. dysbiosis, an imbalance between good and bad bugs. And eventually that led to sensitivities uh, um, for gluten and dairy that were, you know, the, probably the top two food groups in a teenager's diet, which were completely... Yeah. Um, 
inhibiting my immune system. They were distracting my immune system, so I just kept getting sick over and over. Right. So all that stuff, the leaky gut thing, your, your immune system is attacking it, going, I don't know what this is, and therefore you get weaker fighting other things that come into the body as well. Exactly. Kind of like that? Yeah. Now, what, explain to us inflammation and how that has a, a role to play here. Absolutely. I think when, when people think of inflammation, you might think of like an inflamed joint, redness, warmth, pain. Hmm. But the type of inflammation that causes the biggest problems in our health is not one you can see with the naked eye. It's inflammation that's happening at the biochemical level and it's happening through communication with the cell nucleus. And for example, that endotoxin or LPS, which uh, it's also known, uh, lipopolysaccharide from gram-negative bacteria that gets through, it actually can connect to a receptor on cells that is found on all types of cells. It's found in the liver, it's found in muscle tissue, it's found in the brain. And once it gets inside the cell, it actually activates an inflammatory pathway that shifts the balance in the body between inflammation and anti-inflammation. You know, the body is this incredible yin-yang machine. It's mm. constantly balancing these opposing forces. Um, inflammation serves a purpose. So, like, if you get a cut, the inflammation around the cut tells your body to take, you know, to move white blood cells there to protect you from an infection and to go and heal the area. The problem is when inflammation gets out of control mm. and, and you get things like, you know, what people may not realize is that obesity is, is a chronic inflammatory state right. because the fat cells that are in the middle of the belly uh, in an obese person, they produce the same signals that our immune system produces when it feels that it's under attack. So they produce interleukins, things that tell you that your, your immune system needs to get in fight mode. Uh, so there's a lot of different pathways to inflammation. They say that the depressed brain is an inflamed brain. Hmm. And when you have a leaky gut, you have a leaky blood brain barrier. And that makes the brain way more susceptible to toxins and things, you know, depending on your diet and what you're exposed to through your, what you breathe, what you eat, what you put on your skin, um, that can cause, that can just keep, you know, the fire burning of inflammation in your body. Yeah, wow. It sounds complex, but it sounds like our gut is who we are. And um, we probably need to start paying attention there. Absolutely. Well, you talk about, um, we're going to go into, you've got a, a book out called Happy Gut, and in that book, you talk about your gut care program. Um, so I want to yeah. get into that, but just quickly on the skin bacteria, um, because I believe both are interrelated. And what are your thoughts on soap and sanitizer, and especially with the recent COVID pandemic, we're sanitizing more and more. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but what are your thoughts? Like everything else, uh, anything taken to extreme can be damaging to the body. Uh, the overuse of hand sanitizers that are alcohol-based yeah. dry, out, dry out the skin, and it alters the healthy flora on your skin. And if you've ever seen someone who's using too much hand sanitizer, you'll start seeing that their hands are really dry and they start to get cracks. So you're basically creating potential entry points 
for infection through your hands, through the things that you touch. Um, and it's clear that those antibacterial soaps uh, can even cause problems with the gut microbiome and they alter the skin flora. Uh, so, you know, washing your hands with just regular soap for the length of time that it would take to hum happy birthday and making sure to get it in between the fingers, all the spots, is just as effective as the other things. And you really don't, you know, we have to, we kind of have to live in a balance because mm. I think, I think it, we go extreme and then we start forgetting that, hey, we've been living with microbes since the age of the Neanderthals. They just analyzed poop from Neanderthals found in Spain that dates back like 35 to 50,000 years ago. That's incredible. And they see that there was, there was a gut microbiome there. So we co-evolved with microbes and we actually need them to be healthy. Hmm. Um, so we have to be really careful about going on the other extreme because when you start being too clean, like, you know, and you're like living in the bubble and you're sanitizing everything, um, you're, you, I think you're, you're taking away the power of your body to be the healthiest it can possibly be. Hmm. And look, I can tell you, I, I've, done a lot of gut healing. Um, I'm never, I'm not immune to picking something up like I was in Guatemala uh, in January and I picked up a parasite. So I had to heal from that. And I did all my gut healing protocols that I talk about in my book. Hmm. And, um, but I don't carry hand sanitizer with me. I mean, I hope like, <laughs> like someone hears this, they're going to be like, what? Like, I don't carry hand sanitizer. I don't go crazy when I get on an airplane, like, you know, I just make sure I don't touch my eyes, I don't touch my mouth with my hands, and I wash my hands uh, with regular soap, and I haven't gotten sick. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really, um, really good point, and that, that whole need for not overdoing things, I think, is, um, is very valid. Talk to us about your gut care program, um, because I guess this is probably not to give all the answers. Um, there is a book there that people can pick up and read, but certainly just um, outline the basics of it so we can uh, figure out how we can start on rejuvenating our gut. Yeah, absolutely. So my gut care program is basically my happy gut blueprint mm. uh, for healing the gut so that you can heal so much more what I call gut-related health issues. Because when people do the program, what they realize is that things that they weren't expecting to get better, get better, like their energy improves, their mental clarity improves, they lose weight without counting calories, and their friends will start telling them that their skin looks really clean and, and fresh, like uh, the, you mm. know, they'll get compliments, or, or people will stop and ask them, like, what are you doing? You know, because you, you look different, yeah. um, but in a good way. And, and so it's all based on this gut care program. Uh, care is an acronym uh, for cleanse, activate, restore, and enhance. Yeah. And it's four steps that I devised over my work with patients and understanding functional medicine to heal the gut. And the first step is cleansing. And a lot of it has to do with getting out foods that might be irritating or are causing sensitivities, mm. as well as cleansing the gut of any unwanted bugs, parasites, bad bacteria that might have accumulated there because of bad eating habits, uh, let's say 
you know, too much meat, not enough fiber, not enough vegetables, um, too much sugar in the diet, too many refined carbohydrates. So the first part is really kind of like cleaning out the diet, cleaning out the gut. And Activate is looking at, like, are there digestive enzyme deficiencies? Are there deficiencies in certain essential nutrients like omega-3s that need to be balanced? Right. Um, what I tell people a lot of times when you're healing the gut, it's the same as if you hurt your knee and you're wearing a knee brace as, as you re-strengthen the knee. Well, that, uh, the same way that a knee brace is to the knee, digestive enzymes are to the gut. So they, they give the gut a break. So it allows the digestive lining to start healing itself. Yeah. Then re Restore is all about restoring the gut microbiome because honestly, most people that I see have been at least on one round of antibiotics, if not multiple during their adult years. And each time it's affecting the diversity of their gut microbiome. So it's really working on restoring the gut microbiome through probiotics, through prebiotic and probiotic foods, fermented foods. And then finally, Enhance is all about repairing the gut lining. So going back to leaky gut and, and understanding what are the nutrients that can really help the gut repair, like L-glutamine, which is the most abundant amino acid in the body, as well as aloe, marshmallow root extract, slippery elm bark, which was um, a traditional remedy used by the American Indians for a long time for all sorts of, of gastrointestinal complaints, as well as wound healing. And other things like DGL, which is a, a type of licorice that doesn't raise your blood pressure. And combining these things, you know, so by doing this whole program, and it's way more than what I can capture in those, yeah. even in those, those four words, uh, because the other piece of it, so just going kind of briefly back to cleanse, uh, which is not about diet, but really about cleansing the mind, because... Uh, a lot of patients that I've seen over the years uh, with gut health issues come in and they're kind of like really stressed. They're, they're living in a negative loop in their heads. Mm. Um, they're thinking they're never going to get better. So in my book, I talk a lot about mindset and the importance of gratitude and stress management and doing things that you love. Uh, to reduce your stress hormone cortisol because that also affects the composition of your gut microbiome and high stress like uh, high catecholamines increase gut permeability. Yeah. So you cannot, you can't, you, you can't, you know, sometimes people think like, well, I'm, I'm going to do the perfect diet. I'm going to take the perfect uh, supplement. And yet they're still living their type A stressed out lifestyle. Well, guess what? You can't out supplement. You can't out diet a stressed out lifestyle. It's got to be everything together. You've got to deal with the stress as well to be able to heal your gut and heal your body. Hmm. The um, from what I've read about restoring or cleansing um, the gut microbiome, it seems like there's not too much that we can actually digest. But um, perhaps you've got a different take on that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many uh, fibers, uh, resistant starches that can help improve the diversity of the gut. Um, I, I went on a, an amazing trip last year before the world shut down. I, I got to go to Africa, Tanzania, and I spent three days with the Hadza, which are one of the last hunter-gatherer tribes on the planet. Yeah. And what I learned from them is that they eat 
probably anywhere between three and four times as much fiber as the regular American or regular Westerner who's eating a lot of processed carbs. They're getting a very high fiber diet. And they've looked at their gut microbiome composition and found that they have incredible diversity in their mm. gut microbiome. But the other interesting thing, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so interesting if it ended there. But the thing is, they don't get cancer. They don't get diabetes. They're not overweight. So there's something to it. Mm. We know the gut microbiome plays a, a really significant role in that. And the most important thing is not not about having just good bugs in there because we all have about 10 to 15 percent of what we would be considered harmful or bad bugs it's really about the balance the the diversity of what's inside your gut and how somehow that diversity is what creates robust health and resilience in the person hmm. so what do they eat oh my gosh so <laughs> we uh, i went um how long were you with them? I went out into the to the bush with them, and we ate honey from this honeybee that is that almost looks like flies. They're really tiny, and they make their nest inside tree bark. And somehow they know how to find. There's like a little chimney that sticks out that's like a breathing hole, and they just know how to spot it. So that's one thing they eat. They eat honey is is normal that. honey good for us? Honey is really high in, in fiber and nutrients because they're eating the whole thing. They're yeah. not just eating, you know, they're and like basically we opened the bark and we were eating the honeybees and the honey and the larva, everything, which is really um, high in fats, right. healthy. Okay. And then they also, they also dig up tubers from the ground and they eat them raw. Um, the tubers that that they dug up are kind of, I, I don't know if you have this in Australia, but uh, it, the, the one thing I could liken it to is jicama, uh, jicama. which is found here in the oh, Caribbean. What about this? Like a, yeah. It's like a really watery potato, like, but very starchy. Like you start to chew it, um, and, or fibrous, you know, you start to chew it and it gets very chewy. Um, and they just chew on that. And they eat berries, they eat that, they eat um, wild animals that they catch anywhere from small, medium to occasionally a larger animal. Um, and that's the, that's the main composition of their diet, along with the baobab fruit, which is also uh, really high in fiber. Okay. Yeah, it seems like some of the root vegetables, uh, it upsets me a little bit because I love potato, um, but apparently potatoes aren't so good for us. But um, there are other um, root vegetables like maybe yams. Um, and yeah. hic jicama, that which I've higher. never actually had before in my life, and I've only recently heard of it, but yeah, certainly things like that. Yeah, they're higher in fiber. You know, the regular, what people think of as a white potato is very starchy, not as high in fiber, and, you know, it's going to bump your blood sugar. It's not yeah. going to be as good for your microbiome. And refined sugars and all that stuff, I mean, that you could probably go on for, forever about what, what's good and what's not. Um, it seems yeah. like just what you said and what they're eating, it's very minimal as far as the diversity of what they eat. They're not eating, you know, a donut and then a piece of fruit and then a carrot and then a sandwich with, you know, white bread or, you know, all the stuff that we have at, at our fingertips right now in modern day life. Yeah, which seems, which seems very diverse, but when you start looking at the nutrient composition, is it actually isn't that diverse. I mean, what, what people eat, mm. maybe an egg sandwich in the morning, a croissant, 
uh, like you said, pastries, candies, you know, are, are, they're not eating that. So their, their diet is very low in sugar. Mm. It's not, it's not diverse in the way that you would think like a Western diet. You think we have access to all these vegetables and they're just hunting and gathering. And yet they have a more robust, diverse gut microbiome than we do probably because of all the fiber that they eat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, I mean, how, how do you go about helping people um, overcome that obstacle, I guess, about choice? Like we're so used to the choice that we have and um, certainly the foods that you're, well, that you should be eating and shouldn't be eating um, might upset the fun that we have behind food. Yeah, I mean, I tell people that it's really, it's really about a choice and it's about what you set as your highest priority. And I think when you, when you make that switch where you're eating to feel good in your body and body, mind, brain, uh, then I think it no longer feels like you're on a restriction. You know, mm. like if you're, if you're saying I'm not going to have that croissant because I know how it's going to make me feel 30 minutes or an hour later, I'm going to feel like I need a nap. I'm going to feel kind of yucky in my stomach. So I think it's, it's really about like developing a more intuitive connection with eating and really understanding the cause effect relationship between you ate this and then you felt this way. Yeah. And if you eat a different way, and I think that's what I've done with my book is getting people to do the 20 day program. You know, I think it's, I think anyone can commit to 28 days. Yeah. And what's great about it is that, once you've committed and you do 28 days, what you'll see is that it's actually easier than you thought. Mm. And if I can show you that you'll feel way better than you ever have at the end of the 28 days, then perhaps you can take that and decide, you know what, this is not a diet. This is a lifestyle mm. that I want to live. And I think when people make that switch away from the diet and back to regular diet, you know, like back and forth, yo-yo dieting, and really look at life as like, this is just a way of living. And there's just out there, there's a lot of foods that you can enjoy, but if you enjoy them on too regular basis, they're going to cause waking. They're going to cause pre-diabetes, perhaps eventually diabetes. Um, you know, look at those as occasional treats, uh, but think about, you know, what you put into your body is what your body gives back to you. Mm. Mm. You wouldn't, you know, I, some, one thing I tell, uh, I've asked the patient, you know, like, if your body is a Ferrari, are you going to put the lowest grade fuel in that Ferrari? Hmm. Right? Yeah. You're not going to do that. The um, fan's going there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put low grade fuel in a Ferrari. No. So, why, why would you treat your body any different? Do you, do you think your body is not worthy of the status of a Ferrari? Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. If you give it a try and, and it makes you feel good, you're more likely to, to stick to it. And it's work in progress. Um, I think you just have to, you know, constantly give these things a go. And um, it makes a lot of sense, the research I've read, and certainly want to direct people to your book, Happy Gut. And um, you've also got a website called happygutlife.com. Is that the best place to reach you? Yeah, happygutlife.com. And I'm active on social media on Instagram at Dr. Pedre or Facebook, Dr. P Dr. Vincent Pedre. 
Yeah, okay. You got all the links there on your website too, I see. So that's fantastic, man. Any final words before we go? Uh, no, this, uh, this has been great. I, I hope that I give your audience lots of value and I things to think about and hopefully inspire them to give this a try or even, you know, sometimes I guess one final thought is I think for some people making a lot of changes at once can feel really overwhelming. Hmm. So instead of doing that, think about doing stacked changes. So you make one small change, master that. And once you've mastered it, then you stack in another change on top of that. You know, yeah. so if it's a change in an eating habit, if it's change in exercise, don't try to do everything at once. If you're one of those persons that gets overwhelmed, just stack in each change, but don't go on to the next level until you feel that you've really mastered whatever that it is change. that you, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and I find that if people do that, they, they get less overwhelmed and they can be more successful and they can mm. stick with it long-term. Yeah, it's a good point. I certainly have a tendency of trying to do everything at once and it, um, it often fails. So <laughs> try, try get good at one thing first and then once you're comfortable, move on to the next one. Really good advice. Uh, Dr. Pedre, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Guys, you can check it out at thehiddenwide.com. The episode, show notes, etc. are up there. Until next time, peace, passion and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there. And also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee martin until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon